Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. It is the day after a big division win over the Los Angeles Rams for the San Francisco 49ers. And we're going to get into some observations. What I like to do is while I'm in the midst of the game, I like to write down just things that jump out to me. So so typically when I'm doing my observations piece for 49ers Web Zone, um, I don't go back and watch the game. I just go off of what I initially felt and, and wrote um, while the game was going on. So in doing so, I kind of get like the, uh, just like the initial um, emotion of it. Now I try not to be emotional in my observations because I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be fair to the situation and fair to the players and things like that. And, and I don't want to be like overreacting to anything, but I like to be in the midst of how I felt in the moment. And so when I do these observation pieces, that's what, um, that's basically what I'm doing. So, um, so I want to go through those today. Um, in case you haven't heard, uh, Saquon Barkley has a, uh, just a, just a regular uh, ankle sprain. So it's not a high ankle sprain, but he is expected to be sidelined for three weeks, which means he will not be playing for the for, uh, for the giants against the 49ers on Thursday night. So um, hate to hear that. That is an advantage for the 49ers, but uh, uh, still it'd be nice to have him on the field. Uh, you you want to beat every team at their best and not, uh, not just, having to play backups, even though, Hey, Josh, what's up? Josh in the chat wrote, we're going to see Brita. Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice to see Matt Brita. Um, but, uh, definitely he's a downgrade from Saquon Barkley and, uh, Bebop what's up. He said, woot, woot, go Niners. Yeah. Great win yesterday. Um, a lot of fun watching it. It was close. I mean, that was, uh, not, uh, not the funnest, game at times, especially when the 49ers were on defense. The 49ers offense was really good, but the uh, 49ers defense in the first half was not, they were not um, up to their usual ways. So they turned it on in the second half, but uh, I'm going to get into some of that. So let's jump into the, uh, the observations I called this article and then uh, for 49ers web zone and then this video uh, 49ers keep SoFi their house. And so I think that was clear. This, this guy, Brian, that I had on the, uh, uh, on my show leading up to um, the game, I think I had him like two, I had him on Thursday of last week. And so I asked him, Hey, who do you think is going to have more fans at the game? Is it going to be the 49ers? Is it going to be um, the Rams? And he said, it's going to be 50-50. And so <laughs> he was he was wrong. It was more like 70-30 at least. It may have even been worse than that. Um, so, um, yeah, 2-0 on the road feels good. It's it's good to, to get off to a 2-0 start anytime, but especially um, the way it is. It's, it's funny, you know. I I turned on, before I went to work this morning, I turned on Get Up on ESPN, and I don't listen. I don't watch that show very often, 
but just on the off chance they were going to say something about the 49ers, I turned it on. And of course they didn't. All they wanted to talk about after after talking about the Jets uh, because Mike Greenberg is Mike Greenberg is a Jets fan. So after they talked about the Jets and what to do there with the quarterback, then they spent some time talking about how Dallas is the best team in the NFL and and so they're really good. Um and I'm not uh I, I hope that the 49ers don't meet the Cowboys in the in the playoffs. I know they play them in the regular season, but uh, they're 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 going to be a, a tough out. So hopefully, hopefully Dallas and Philly will beat up on each other enough that uh, that the 49ers won't have to really mess with them. Yeah, Josh is right. It's all Cowboys. It is that way, man. It's so aggravating. It used to be all Cowboys and all Tom Brady, whoever he played for. Uh, but now that Brady's retired, it's it's definitely all Cowboys. Bryant, what's up? Good to have you in here, my man. All right, let's get into these um, these observations. I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. I'm not feeling great today, and I'm losing my voice, I feel like. So uh, um, <clears throat> I may have to do sign language, and I don't know. I don't know how to do sign language. So, all right, so let's get in. Here's my first one. The 49ers offense seems to always start quickly under Brock Purdy. The opening drive was efficient and so was Brock Purdy. He was six for six on that drive. So Brock Purdy started out real well and uh, looked like he was going to do some really special things. I'm going to get talk, talk about him more here in a little bit, but uh, great start for Brock Purdy. That offense was was really dynamic right off the bat. They moved the ball with ease, and uh, so that was that was pretty cool to see. The next thing I wrote was Christian McCaffrey is so special. 80 yards rushing in the first quarter is pretty good. He finished with 116 yards rushing and one touchdown. So, man, McCaffrey is such a difference maker, and whenever he's whenever he's on the field, man, it just really it really messes with the other team, whether, whether McCaffrey gets the ball or not. It's like, um, he comes on the field and what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to be able just to double team Debo, put one guy on Iuk, one guy on Kittle, and then not even have to really mess with the running back, you know, because most running backs in the NFL aren't really receivers out of the backfield. So when McCaffrey's on the field, you're guarding against the run and then when they do drop back to pass, you've got to you've got to pay attention to that running back, or he'll beat you just as bad as those receivers will. And so, yeah, uh, that's uh, man, crazy. Bryant says, "Happy Victory Monday, everyone." And Jason, what's up, Jason? Good to see you in here. All right. Here's my third one, man. Jake Moody, money. What? Uh, I, I don't know how you guys felt about the third round pick being used on a kicker. I wasn't entirely against it. It was a little higher than I would prefer. But I think that we saw that that he wouldn't have got to him, you know, like in the fifth round or wherever. He was, they were going to have to pick him in that third round or they weren't going to get him. And if he's the guy, if he, th if he's the one that you think is going to be special, go ahead and get him. But uh, the rookie kicker is perfect through his first two NFL games 
what he had a 56 yarder. Was that, uh, I think that was, I think it was a 56 yarder second longest field goal in 49ers history. The only one longer was the David Akers 63 yard field goal, um, in 2012 or 2013. Um, so, crazy um that uh that uh, this rookie is doing this already especially the way that he looked in the preseason so josh in the chat wrote kyle showed confidence in moody when he attempted that 57 yarder so was it a 57 okay i couldn't remember if it was 56 or 57 and it was one of the two but yeah he's showing a lot of confidence in him and we wondered is is the fact that robbie gold's gone and they now have a rookie kicker. Is that going to make Kyle go for it more? Um, but hey, so far that hasn't been the case, man. So far he's uh, he's really he, he's been spot on. Yeah, like he hasn't missed, and so that's been that's been crazy. Bryant said he that he has a Moody jersey. Very nice, and definitely Jake Moody's better than Nick Moody. Remember him? He was that linebacker for the 49ers. He was he wasn't any good, but. And uh, we all know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty cool, man. Keep rocking that Jake Moody jersey. My next thing that I wrote down was Brandon Ayuk's injured shoulders, a little concerning, especially with a Thursday night game looming. He kept playing, but you could tell he wasn't quite right. And so Kyle Shanahan um, met with the media today. I hit, he hit on the the Ayuk injury. Because the players were off today, he didn't. Uh, they didn't evaluate any further, so he didn't have anything else to report. Who knows if he's going to be uh, available Thursday night? You know, I would say that if it's iffy, um, don't risk it. You want to keep him healthy for the season. So if he doesn't play Thursday, then he basically is getting two weeks almost. Um, to uh, to rest that shoulder. I mean, I guess it would be two weeks because they played Sunday and then they don't play until two Sundays after that. Once they're finished with uh, with the uh, week three or with the yeah the week three game on Thursday night. So Bryant in the chat said Moody put up twelve points. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, I mean he's a weapon, and then when he's kicking off, when he doesn't kick the ball out of bounds like he did uh, early in the first quarter. He's uh, he's a weapon. So um, uh, let's see what a bright say. I predicted that Jake Moody predicted the Jake Moody pick live during the draft on my YouTube channel. Nice work. That is pretty cool. So and then Jake Moody has scored 24 on the season. So yeah, he's he's been a weapon so far. Josh uh, wrote in the chat the Cardinals stole Quantrez Knight off the practice squad. Yeah, that. Uh, that stinks. Um, they put uh, Buda Baker on IR and snatched up Quantra's night, which uh, sounds like they've been really interested in him for a while. And they've already taken some 49ers players. Um, let's see, who have they taken? Uh, I think I saw this just a minute ago. Uh, they took a couple of 49ers. Um, I don't remember who, who was like it couple of offensive linemen or something like that. Uh, Il Manning, I think was one of them. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they definitely like the 49ers that don't make the team. Bryant says he's going to be at the game Thursday night. Very good. Yell, make a lot of noise, man. Um, 
yeah, Il Manning was one of them. I don't remember who the other one was, though, right offhand. Um, Brian asked, do you think Ayuk is hurt? Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't right. Um, he just, he, he still played, but you could tell that, uh, sometimes that arm was a little droopy and when he was on the sideline, uh, they were working on him a lot, but, uh, I don't know. It kind of depends on what, uh, Josh says it's a stinger and that he's going to play. So yeah, if it's something like that, then I would say he probably will. But if it's anything that, that he could make worse, then I don't think he'll play, especially on a short turnaround like this. All right, let's jump back in here. Um, I wrote this during the first half or toward the end of the first half or some point. Um, did the 49ers leave their defense at Pittsburgh? <laughs> it sure looked like it in the first half. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe how, how poorly they were playing, but man, the Rams... Stafford was, was, he was sharp in that first half. They were getting the ball out so fast. They were in rhythm and Puka Nakua was unstoppable. Um, so they just, uh, they played really well in the first half and the 49ers defense did not play well. They weren't getting pressure on Stafford, but, uh, things turned around in the second half. We'll talk about that here in a second. Here's another thing that I wrote down kind of goes along with that note to self. Bad things happen when you let the other quarterback get into rhythm and stay in rhythm. Matthew Stafford was excellent in the first half, and Puka Nakua was brilliant the entire game. So, uh, yeah, man, it. Uh, Josh said our zone was crap. It it was, man. It just was not uh, that they were playing the soft zone, and it just it just wasn't working. Worked in Pittsburgh. Uh, whatever they were doing there, but you can't, not everything's going to work in, um, you know, one week, what you're going to do is going to work well. And the next week it may not work well. And so I like the fact that they adjusted and that they made some halftime uh, adjustments there. Um, the next thing I wrote was remember when the 49ers defense carried the team. I mean, we remember that when the 49ers offense wasn't that great. And now it's changed. The 49ers offense is actually yesterday carried the team. They don't win this game without the 49ers offense. And so you, know, you could still say that in the Pittsburgh game, the defense carried the day. Definitely yesterday, the 49ers offense carried the day. And that's what you want, man. You want a defense that can that can get you wins on its own. And you want an offense that can do the same thing. And that's how uh, that's a huge advantage for this team, for sure. Randy is is with us now. Randy, what's up? Good to see you. Um, now, here's the thing, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. Um, the next thing I wrote was the offensive line was great on Sunday. Aaron Donald had zero impact. So I've seen that some have said, you know, based off of PFF grades that uh, uh, that Spencer Burford Spencer Burford actually had a zero um, grade from PFF, but I saw that, uh, I think it was Brad Graham tweeted in response to that, uh, a clip that showed Spencer Burford doing a really good job of letting one blocker go and then picking up a blocker that had come around um, on his side. And, and he said, look, this is a great play. How can you have a zero pass uh, uh, pass protection grade when you make a really good play like this. And so 
I don't like it, he had Aaron Donald on him probably more than anybody else had Aaron Donald. And so for Aaron Donald to make no impact, I think that, uh, I think that that's, that tells me that he wasn't terrible. I mean, yeah, he probably wasn't good, but, uh, but he wasn't terrible. Cause I think, I mean, to get a zero, that's, uh, you, you probably must, must not, uh, must, must not be doing very well. And, and Josh wrote uh, in the chat, he wasn't good, but I don't know how he got a zero. Yeah. I, I don't know either. And I just think that, um, you know, I, I don't put a whole lot into, and that's exactly what I was going to say. What Josh wrote in here, they had Warner, the, the worst scored defensive player for the 49ers a week ago. So that's why I don't put a whole lot of stock into PFF. I know a lot of people do, and I usually look and see what they have, but a, a lot of times I completely disagree. Cause I think, all right, so if you're blocking Aaron Donald and, and he had no impact, how's your grade so terrible? Or in Fred Warner's case, if you took over the game uh, in Pittsburgh, how how are you the lowest rated defensive player? So I don't understand that. And then Nick Bosa was the highest graded defensive player for the 49ers last week and this week. But last week, I didn't think that Bosa was that great uh, in Pittsburgh, but, uh, um, you know, whatever. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Here's the next thing. Uh, the preseason tells us nothing about the regular season. Case in point, Ambry Thomas. He wasn't good yet again. But remember when he, in the preseason, he was so so much approved and, and he was really climbing the ladder. But uh, it just seems like whenever he's in the game, the other team goes after him immediately. And so... I don't, I don't like when Ambry Thomas enters the game. It makes me nervous. Um, I don't mean to pick on him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, man, I just, uh, I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable when he's in. To me, I, I think that uh, that Isaiah Oliver played well, and uh, that's my next thing on here uh, along the same line. I take back what I said about Isaiah Oliver. I was pretty hard on him during the uh, preseason. He looked terrible in the preseason, but so far has played well in the regular season. And uh, he made a huge impact in, in the game against the Rams. He made a couple of really big plays, one on third down, and then there was the interception. So um, Isaiah Oliver, you know, this this was a good game for him. Now, is he going to be great um, as a nickel corner against some of those quicker, shiftier type receivers? I don't know, but, uh, but he, he played well yesterday. So, um, Randy said in the chat, I've had faith in Oliver and the O-line. Yeah. And Hey, they didn't, they didn't disappoint yesterday. Bryant said Stafford didn't go deep once. Yeah. He was just dinking and dunking just the underneath stuff. And I think that's, that was their game plan. We're going to get the ball out quick, which isn't going to give them a whole lot of time to go deep. And so, um, that's, uh, that was kind of their strategy. Randy said, I hope swilling works out. Yeah, this is uh trace willing. I uh, was brought up from the practice squad over the weekend and uh, the son of Pat swilling, the great linebacker for the new Orleans saints back in the eighties, Pat swilling gave the 49ers trouble, even though back, back in the eighties and, uh, and early nineties, the 49ers 
beat the Saints often. Um, that defense that the Saints had back in those days gave them problems. And so even whether it was Montana or Young, um, it was it was hard playing those guys. They were they were tough. They had four linebackers and uh, Pat Swilling, Ricky Jackson. Uh, gosh, I can't think of who the other one. Vaughn was one of them. Uh, oh, who's the other guy? He played for the Panthers, Sam Mills. Um, they were great, man. They had four linebackers. And I think that uh, Vic Fangio was their defensive coordinator back then. Um, so that was, uh, the, those were some really good defenses. And so now we have Pat Swilling's kid uh, on the team. And that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see what I have next here. Purdy was off on some of his passes, especially the deep ones. This wasn't his best game, but he still led the offense to 30 points. So if this was Brock Purdy's worst game, and I think that it probably was so far. And if that's the case, then, uh, uh that's, that's, I mean, we'll take that. If, if this is a bad game for Brock Purdy, then, uh, man, Oh yeah, this is right. Jason. Yeah, this is right. Uh, Jason in the chat wrote the dome patrol saints D was intense. Yeah. I forgot. They called them that. Um, those guys were so good. The dome patrol and they had Bobby, this guy, this guy that was their quarterback was named Bobby a bear. And he was just this Cajun guy who, uh, from Southern Louisiana. And he, uh, he was kind of Brock Purdy. Like he had, a lot less physical skills than most quarterbacks in the NFL, but the dude would win. I mean, he was feisty and he would win games and sometimes he would beat the 49ers um, as, as a new Orleans saint quarterback. And, and that was crazy because this was not long after those uh, the years when, when we all called them the ain'ts and their fans wore bags on their heads. <laughs> those were funny days, man. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's see. Nick Bosa was held a lot in this game. I'm sure that comes as no surprise. He did draw a couple of holding penalties, but Bosa was double teamed. He was uh, held a lot and, uh, he was, uh, what did I, I saw this earlier? Um, that the, uh, he was double teamed at a gosh, like 37% or something like that is what I read earlier this or, or earlier today. And, um, and so even though Bosa didn't get uh, a lot of snaps or, or a lot of stats, he still made an impact. Um, I had a guy, uh, cause I'm already working on the 49ers web zone mailbag and had a guy, uh, that, that I am responding to. He just, he kind of ripped Nick Bosa, and said, you know, all this money and he's not doing anything, but he is doing things. I mean, he's making an impact, even though he's not uh, uh, not getting the stats that uh, that we're used to him getting. So um, uh, let's see. Randy asked, doesn't he do college commentary? You're talking about Bobby Abair. Yeah, he does. I know that he does. New, um, he does sports talk radio in New Orleans. Sometimes they'll have him on KNBR when the 49ers are going to be playing the Saints. Um, so I know that he does that. Jason said that Bobby Hebert talked like <laughs> from King of the Hill. 
Yeah, it's that Cajun accent, man. I went to college with a guy from uh, from New Orleans, and um, and as, as a kid, uh, just a college kid, I, I was working in um, in our our, caf- our school had this little restaurant kind of thing after uh, like after hours kind of thing. So like, you know, you had your food in the cafeteria, and then later in the evening you could come back to this little thing and, and we'd serve hamburgers and fries. And so this guy, this Cajun guy named Roy, he and I are both working it. And one time, <laughs> one night he goes, Hey, Mark, we got any more mayonnaise? And I said, what? And he said, do we have any more mayonnaise? And I'm thinking, I'm like, what in the world is she saying? And I said, what in the world's a mayonnaise? And he goes, mayonnaise, you know, that white stuff you put on the hamburgers. And I said, you mean mayonnaise? And he goes, that's what I said, man is. And so I was like, yes, Roy, we have man is. But uh, it's I just liked uh, that uh, that that Cajun accent is funny. That's how that's how Bobby A. Bear sounds. Uh, Steve Wilkes. Let's talk about Steve Wilkes. He made a halftime adjustment and brought more blitzes. So this work, this was the first time that um, that Steve Wilkes had to do this because in um, in Pittsburgh, they just they dominated the whole game and they built this big lead. And so he really didn't have to make much of an adjustment. You know, he just kind of played that soft coverage. And and so here in this game, the soft coverage wasn't working. So he had to make uh, an adjustment. So they played less of that soft zone in the second half. They blitzed more. Um, they just they they got after um uh, Matthew Stafford more, and that made a big difference because Stafford is one that when you really get after him, he'll throw you some balls. He'll make some mistakes, and he did exactly that. Now, one of the one of the interceptions went off the the running back's hands, so that's not really on Stafford. Um, but uh, but yeah, he they definitely changed things up, and so I really was happy to see the way that Steve Wilkes came out of halftime and responded because they were getting cooked and it was not looking good for the 49ers defense, but the way that he came out, um, I think that, uh, I think that that's really huge. So Randy said, mama said, man, he's his magic waves of sunshine that tastes good. Yeah. But you have to say it man is if you're, if you're going to be saying, <laughs> yeah, a little shout out there. Right. Brian said, Chuck Norris, Texas Ranger. <laughs> what the heck? Where does that come from? I must have missed something in the chat. Um, oh, oh, I see this now. Yeah, so... Um, all right. Uh, next thing, Juwan Jennings always comes up big against the Rams. I mean, look back to that uh, that game in 2021, the last game of the season when they had to win uh, in, uh, in Inglewood to you know beat the Rams to get into the playoffs and they did that. Juwan Jennings had a big game that uh that day. Cuz remember they they went down early. I don't remember if they were down like 21 to nothing or 24 to nothing um at halftime or something like that and they came back in the second half, tied it, went into overtime and then won it and Juwan Jennings was a big part of that. So uh love me some Juwan and he's so good at making making guys mad. Um the next thing I wrote down was, so does Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is a Rams killer. 
he always comes up big in Rams games. And, and so many times he was all that the 49ers had. And now they have McCaffrey. Now they have Ayuk playing the way that he's playing. And so this is so, uh, so big for the 49ers. Uh, Diamador Lenore has become a really good corner. He sealed the win for the 49ers in week two. So I know that he went out. He was in the blue medical tent for a while, being observed for a concussion, tested positive or tested negative for that. So he was able to come back into the game, played well, made uh, made a big interception that, that uh, really impacted the game. So I don't like when he's inside. Um, not only does that mean that Ambry Thomas is in the game, which I don't like, but I just think that Diamond Lenore is a really good corner on the outside. He's not as good on the inside. And so I hope that they can get this nickel situation figured out so that Lenore can stay on the outside because I think that's where he's at his best. And you know, I just wonder, you know, if Darrell Luter Jr., if if maybe he, when he comes back from his injury, um, if they might try him out uh, there at that point. I guess it kind of depends on Isaiah Oliver. My concern with Isaiah Oliver is that he's bigger, and so when they play some of those speedier, shiftier um, slot receivers, is he going to be able to stay with them? I'm a little concerned about that. So so Randy asks, anyone notice if Bell is getting open when he's out there? Hard to notice him during live game. I have not noticed that. Um, I know that he's played in in both games um he played uh more this game because Ayuk was hurt and so Bell came in and played more but I I have not noticed that Bryant said Bell was blocking a lot yeah I did uh I did hear that he uh that he had some some nice blocks on Sunday I didn't notice him blocking either but uh um so Today, Kyle Shanahan, when he met with the media, he addressed this whole thing about Christian McCaffrey play because yesterday McCaffrey played all of the 49ers offensive snaps. Elijah Mitchell never touched the field. Jordan Mason never touched the field. And so Shanahan um, hit on this today and he actually um, said that he's got to do better at uh, making sure um, he's in the game. So here's what, uh, he said, uh, let's see, I wrote this down. Uh, okay. Kyle Shanahan today said, yeah, we definitely got to get Elijah in there more and do better with our rotation than we did yesterday. That wasn't the plan going in with, with McCaffrey playing all the snaps. It just ended up that way. I got to make sure that doesn't happen. So, I'm not sure who handles the running back rotation. It's going to either be Bobby Turner or Anthony Lynn. I would guess it's Bobby Turner, but I don't know that for sure. And so Shanahan made sure that, uh, that, that he confessed that it was on him to figure it out and that he should have noticed that uh, Mitchell hadn't played and that McCaffrey had logged all of the plays. And so he, uh, he said that he's got to do better at that. And he also mentioned, you know, that with this Thursday night game being a quick turnaround, um, you know, you have to think, you have to think about those things because as much as McCaffrey played Sunday with a short week and now they play Thursday night, he's not going to be able to play the same amount or same percentage type of plays. He's going to have to, 
get uh, get some relief. So, I mean, so Elijah Mitchell, I think that you can expect to see Mitchell play a lot um, Thursday night. Maybe Mason gets in there um, as well, but for sure they're going to have to give McCaffrey some relief. And um, I, I just think they're going to have to be careful with that because, uh, I mean, we saw how he was last year. He there, there was a point that we didn't even know if he was going to play in the NFC Championship game because uh, because of an injury. So um, they've got to keep him healthy because ultimately they need him for some of those big games. So McCaffrey's going to play on Thursday. He'll play a lot, but I think that we'll see a lot more of Elijah Mitchell than, uh, than we have. Um, <clears throat> Randy said, Thursday is a lot more interesting after the tough game from the Rams and the comeback from the Giants. I was really hoping that the Giants were going to go into overtime. It almost happened. They almost went into overtime with the Cardinals. And that would have been a big advantage for the 49ers. If they would have gone into overtime and had to play like an extra several minutes, um, that would have been a, a big advantage for the 49ers. Not to mention they're they're going to have to fly cross country uh, from uh, East Coast to West Coast. So um, but yeah, it, it is going to be an interesting game and, uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have to make sure they don't let Daniel Jones beat them with his legs because he can, uh, he can do some damage on the ground. So let me see if there's anything else that I, uh, wanted to jump in here and talk about, Oh, one, I wanted to mention this, uh, cause like I said, I'm doing this mailbag already and somebody asked me, uh, about, these, uh, how gambling affected the end of the game last night, um, about Sean McVay's decision to kick a field goal with four seconds left. I mean, the game's decided and, um, I just, my first thought, um, cause I was with Anthony Robertson doing, uh, a live during, um, uh, during the game on the PSF app and like when this happened, my first thought was, man, he's really got like Sean McVay must have a big ego or something because he does not want to have Kyle Shanahan beat him by double digits. And so then a lot of people start talking about how this is a, a gambling thing and, and that uh, it's a point spread issue. And so I don't know, I, you know, it's hard to know if we could hook him up to a polygraph, uh, you know, I, I kind of doubt it had anything to do with, with point spread. I, it could be that he just thought, Hey, maybe we have a chance to kick the field goal, have a second left, do an onside kick and maybe something miraculous happens. But, um, I still thought it was kind of stupid and petty, but, uh, you know, I probably in the same situation want my coach to, to try something like that. But, uh, so yeah, that was, that was the other thing that I was wanting to, to mention. That's all that I have for today. Um, appreciate you watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh, make sure that you hit that like button and then go subscribe to the 49ers Camelot Show. If you're if you're listening somewhere, whether it's Odyssey or or Spotify or Apple or wherever, uh, make sure that you rate, review, and follow the show. Um, so we want to try and reach as many 49ers uh, fans as we as we can. So. Thanks so much for watching and thanks for those that uh, were in the chat uh, talking it up today. It's been a lot of fun.